Hello and welcome to the Harry Man Show, episode 79. Today we have the great Charlie Green on. He's part of Rockstage Productions with Surrender, the Cheap Trick Tribute, and In the Air Tonight, a Phil Collins Tribute. He's also a big part of uh, Jake Ryan's Total 80s Experience. How are you doing, Charlie? I'm doing great. How are you? <laughs> Good, man. Uh, I, I know we're kind of just jumping in this, but so you're, you're a cool dude, man. It's fun oh. to be around you so far. <laughs> well, thank you very much. <laughs> I, uh, I feel like I'm in drum heaven right uh, now. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's good to be around people that appreciate it. Oh, man. I, I, I truly have a passion for drumming. So Nice. So, yeah, uh, like I had a whole mouthful of like what you're – I wanted to mention those are all international acts. But what what are you currently working on with the main one right now? Um, we're doing uh, Rocksteady Productions in the air tonight. That's the Phil Collins experience. We're we're actively playing now with that. Um, we are actively playing with Cheap Trick or excuse me, Surrender, the Cheap Trick experience. Um, and we're we've got a few shows going on. You know, a year with uh, Jake Ryan, the most '80s experience. And then I'm kind of working on two new projects. One's a, a really super top secret one that I can't really go into too much, <laughs> but it's going to be pretty cool. It's uh, uh, a lot of music that everybody knows, um, a band that everybody knows, but nobody's really done it as as well as we think they. It's they've... definitely an on taking. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I know who, and it's going to be good. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> and then I'm also. It's um, not the who. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> We're also uh, working on um, a uh, an offshoot of Jake Ryan with uh, with my son, who's uh, actually a drummer, and he's more of a keyboard player now and a bass player. But we're gonna move into the '90s, so I'm gonna get to kind of fulfill a lifelong thing about getting to play with my son in a band. And he started as a drummer. He started as a drummer. Both of my boys started as drummers. Yeah. And were they kind of like butting heads with music taste, or were they right in with dad? You know what? Um, they have <clears throat> an eclectic taste of music. Like one now is into you know the, all the 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 dance music the you know the oh, I, for, I don't know the term of it um, Motion City soundtrack oh yeah all yeah. those guys you yeah. know I, I guess emo screamo yeah it's yeah. not really the screamo it's the digital stuff too you know dead oh, mouse and all that yeah EDM yes yeah. and then my other one loves everything he's he's you know into you know from Prince to everything new and you know a Zeppelin fan and mm. you know we're so I think I brought them both up right they like yeah. Every type of music, and they know every type of music. That's is, good. I remember cool. when my dad, speaking of Phil Collins, introduced me to Genesis, and I thought it was alien music. Yeah. And then it took me a couple of years to realize, holy shit, this <laughs> is fucking I mean, encyclopedia of drums right here. Yeah, when, <laughs> when I got asked to play in that, I was like, holy shit, that's, yeah. a, you know, that's some tough stuff to fill. Speaking and, of his son, what do you think about his son filming? Uh, I think it's pretty cool. I feel really horrible that he can't play anymore. But, um, at least, but at least he, he comes to terms with it. And he, yeah. You know, he's not, like, denial, and he's... Exactly. He's it, keeping his legend or his mystique. Yeah, yeah. No, and, <laughs> and, and, I mean, you've got Phil Collins as a dad. Yeah, that's he, the pressure. He, he's an incredible drummer as it is. I've watched videos, and, and that, that guy's, he you know, Nick Nick Collins? Is that Nick Collins, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's an incredible drummer on his own. And I, I, I respect for him because he sets the drum set up just like his dad. It, exactly. Well, I think it's like kind of like how my kids learned. But he's right-handed, kid, though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My kids would go in to play my set, and then whenever I've noticed their kids set up, it's always kind of the same setup. So they, what they learned on is what they kind of went yeah. forth it. Yeah. And was your? We'll get more into the setup. Yeah. But did you kind of come up with big kids, or like was it? I came up with a lot of big kids. It was, <laughs> it, I, I came up in the '80s, you know, nice. and, and with the big hair, and you know, you can't tell now, but uh, lots of lots of hairspray ruined my hair now. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I came up with the big double bass kits, you know, the big overhanging racks, cymbals hanging down. And, yeah. Yeah, and I slowly have gotten down smaller and smaller and smaller. Yeah. And then I joined a Phil Collins tribute band, and I got to go big again. Are you doing concert toms? 
Uh, no, I'm not doing concert toms. Those I, are hard to come by. Yeah, I mean, they're not exactly like on the shelves everywhere. We actually are looking for a set just of the concert toms. So, because our Phil Collins actually plays drums, he's a very good drummer. So we have a spot in the show where we can do the whole. He comes back and does the big. Oh, the okay. Big so he actually—that's oh, pretty cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. I, I, are you doing backup vocals at all? Um, no backup vocals for me. You don't. Yeah, want to that's hear me a sing. big, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a big pair of parachutes to fill. Yeah, but no, he sings and he comes back and sings and plays, and we're we're slowly working more of that into the show once we get some of the more of the concert toms and everything. Right now, I'll usually set up like one of my uh, my acoustic big acoustic kit, and then I'll set up like a Roland. You know, um, nice. B drum set. So like a Chester Thompson yeah, yeah. yeah, that's yeah. yeah. I still watch those, and now that I can dissect it, you know, I'm playing for a little bit. It, now, if I have more appreciation for the stuff they're doing, sure. I think it would even hold up today and suppress what a lot of people are doing. Oh yeah, yeah. I still can't dissect it. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, sorry to sidetrack you there. You oh, were no. you were talking about your your secret solo projects, but oh I yeah, did, I didn't mean to jump in front of no, you. No, that was about it. You know, that was uh, you know, got the the one offshoot of Jake Ryan with a, a couple members of different bands that are mm-hmm. going in there. Um, we have a great female singer. Um, we're gonna you know just kind of take some of the '80s stuff that we're doing from Jake Ryan, do a bunch of the '90s stuff, and you know maybe even more. And that's gonna just be a local fun band. And then when you say 80s, what kind of stuff are we dipping into? It's more like new wave type stuff. None of the hair stuff, you know. It's, it's uh, like more like the Cure? Persons, Go-Go. Oh, Missing Persons. Yeah. 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 Uh, Duran Duran. So basically know. like female style. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, the goth wave, I guess it would be called. Goth new yeah. wave or something. I don't know. There's so many terms out. It used to be just rock. And then uh, <laughs> 90s, like No Doubtish kind of stuff? Yeah, No Doubt. Um, we're actually going to do uh, a lot of the... Um, the, the dance stuff too so we're going to throw in like some tone loke we're going to throw in some um uh whatever whoever does that song jump around uh you know uh, uh, house of pain yeah yeah so we're going to do a lot of that stuff too our goal is you know I've, I've, I've been in a million bands and we all start off with the same attention of you know like yeah we're going to fill the dance floor you know that's it and then inevitably it veers off and somebody says, well, I want to do the B side of this song, you know, and then that's when they sit down and they go get drink. You know, our goal right now is to play nothing but movable, you know, move your butt type music. Not to sound like the gimmicky, but it, yeah. it's a band's good job to sell booze. Exactly. That's what, yeah. <laughs> well, you, want, you want to be dancing. You want them to sweat. The only yeah. time they go off the dance floor is to go get a drink or use the bathroom. Yeah. Now, it, for a party band like that, do you feel like a big responsibility in the drummer? Oh, of course. Yeah. I mean, what are, like, some good, like, you've been doing it for a long time, you have, like, experience. What are some good recommendations to kind of keep your mindset for four and a half hours? You know, I, I, I used to hate playing to a click, oh, yeah. but now I love it, and, and I'm, I've gotten really used to it, so I can kind of play ahead of it a little if I need to, you know, mm. or lay back off, off the click just a little to lay it back, lay the beat back. But, um, yeah, I, I just, you know, just kind of get my mindset into I'm moving these people. When my kick is hitting... I want to see those guys move to the left or move the, you know, and I, and I just kind of, I feel like I kind of have like control mm-hmm. and responsibility of keeping them moving. Cause if, if I mess up, then, you know, everybody's like going to break a leg or now, something. Now, do you ever feel like your emotions, when you're not playing to kill, do you ever feel like if you're like, you know, have a long day, like you speed up or slow down? Like, do you ever catch yourself kind of like telling yourself to chill a little bit? I do. I do. I'm, I'm, I, I will readily admit I'm a tempo, uh, <laughs> uh over, over player or whatever. I, I, I have so many different ways to keep the tempo down. I have a groove guide. Oh, nice. I have, um, uh, I don't even know what it's called, but you stick it on the snare. It's the same thing as a groove guide, mm. a tempo meter that's right there. So I have two fail safes. Really? And then if we're playing with a click, I don't have to worry about it. But yeah, I've grown to uh, having a relationship with the click. I think my early 20s was like the growing pains of it. Mm-hmm. 
but now I like I, I can't function without it. Yeah, I recorded a, a, a CD with a, a band that when I first got into Phoenix here, and uh, they wanted me to play with a click, and I'm I'm playing, and I I listen back to that CD now, and I'm so just just very boxing. Yeah, it's just it's just annoying to listen to my drum parts. I, I sound so just one, two, three, four. You know, it's very very stale, and yeah. there's no feeling to it. But well, I, they, they do say that uh, actually playing the click helps your heart and your breathing. Yeah, yeah. And I thought that was just a joke, but then like I realized like when I thirty minutes of playing with it, I'm actually just like not even tight. Like, yeah, and you relax. I mean, it, the muscles relax, and yeah. yeah, it just it just takes a little bit of burden off. Like, okay, I don't have to really focus on making sure I'm I'm at twenty eight you know BPM or something like that. Yeah, I remember my adolescence years, my forearms would be rocks because like twenty minutes in, I'd just be so overthought you and know. blisters yeah right? so, you know i i never got calluses i would i would get a blister and then it would pop a callus would form i'd play uh. the next weekend it would pull off and yeah when when i i first met my wife she would hold my hand and and she was like am i holding the hulk's hand or something <laughs> you know it was like it it, it it was honestly it was really gross yeah know, yeah so. my hands look a little mangled myself yeah. but yeah so, so um we're talking about some of your earlier stuff i obviously you're a phil collins guy but you mentioned Neil Peart. What, what were your big influences coming up? You mentioned big hits. Like, yeah. I, I kind of see where this is going. Yeah, of course. <laughs> uh, uh, of course, I'm a huge fan of Neil Peart. Yeah. And, uh, and Peart, Peart, however, you know, it said, um, and, the, you know, every drummer wants to be Peter Chris, you yeah. know, and, and, you know, of course, Bunny Carlos and, you know. Um, Speaking of drum collections. Yes. That's goals. What's that? His warehouse of drums. That's like and ideally where I want to be buried. I, uh, <laughs> I actually. Uh, Sorry to jump in front. No, of you. that's okay. But I actually re reached out to him. I saw there's this uh, drum site that sells uh, vintage drums, collectible drums, and stuff. And Bunny had a lot of. He had a kit out there, and then he had a couple snares. So I commented, and I, I'd like to buy one of the snares. And we had a show uh, with the Cheap Trick Experience in Michigan, oh, and we had to fly into Chicago. So I wrote him and said, hey, we're going to be in town. Can I, can I buy one of these snares? And he, he wrote back, and he was like, yeah, I'd love, you know. And, and he, I told him what we do, and he was, you know, pretty supportive of it. Uh -huh. And I said, you know, would I be able to come to your warehouse? And he was all set for having me come to the warehouse. And then he had some kind of family emergency that day that we were there. Oh, man. And so I didn't get to play. I didn't get, or I didn't get to go, well, play, yeah, play he's, in a he's warehouse. He's got some videos drums. out, and he's got some real stuff in there oh my gosh yeah yeah i mean i just like looking at the line of kick drums along the roof and yeah that's yeah. what I, I would like to have one day myself. yeah well yeah. you you're, you've got a darn good start <laughs> yeah, yeah but that, that took time yeah I don't, <laughs> I don't know for for listeners if you've ever watched his videos he does not do it justice of this room you can see like you know snares and some kits in the background but thank you it's 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 pretty darn impressive production will get better in here i just yeah. i'm still working on the, the angles yeah no it's, i'm not trying to look too ugly for the cameras or anything yeah. <laughs> i'm still having a hard time concentrating because i keep going over i want that kit but yeah like i said it's a work in art and progress i mean and yeah it's uh i come in here and breathe sometimes yeah this, this is this is definitely a zen place right here yeah yeah, yeah. so um as far as influences i, I keep jumping all over oh, yeah. it like um what were the big ones? I mean, let's. I guess we'll take it back to your origin stories. Mm -hmm. When did it start? Um, I started um, in fifth grade. Uh, I, uh, I uh, played trumpet, and I joined the band. And you know, I wanted to play drums, but I, I, I joined the band. I had to play trumpet. You know, I had to have one year of something else. And and um, and so I'm playing. And every concert, every practice, I'm turning my head, watching the drummers. And I'm getting in trouble. I'm getting notes sent home to my, my parents. You know, Charlie's not paying attention. 
you know, Charlie's not learning the, the, the basic fingerings of a trumpet. And so finally he got together with me and he says, you know, do you want to play drums? And I'm like, yes. And so he, <laughs> it, he broke his rule um, to let me play drums. He started teaching me how to play drums. And so that's, um, his, his name is Bruce Spangler. He's my fifth grade music teacher. That sounds like a band teacher name. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> and he was the coolest guy. He, he told me, he broke his rule that, you know, I could, I could come in and, and play drums without having a year of other experience. And then he, uh, he would come in and sacrifice his lunches for me to come in and he'd sit down on the piano and we'd work through, you know, music and stuff and I'd play and learn how to do everything. And he did that for a year until I caught up to everybody else. And, and, you know, I, 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 I know him to this day, you know, Facebook is a wonderful thing. We reconnected Jesus. and, and I know him. He's, he's still playing. He's a bass player. Um, yeah, he's, he's a, he's a great guy. You know, and it, it, he put the drums in my hand. And I, I say, so was he starting you on a set, or was he giving you just a drum? Just a snare, just a snare. We all started on the snare, and by by seventh grade, I was I was advanced enough to start playing, you know, a, a kit and everything. And I remember I got given the the, the part when we played, um, it was Rocky, the Rocky theme. Oh, nice. And there was a little drum solo in there, and I just remember I played the heck out of it. I think it was maybe like two bars of 16th notes, you know, but, <laughs> or nothing, but, you know, but yeah. I remember my mom coming to the thing, I was in seventh grade, watching her cry out there, you know, so. That's, that's huge. Yeah, but yeah, I, he, he he put the sticks in my hand, and I tell him that to this day. I run into him at odd places. Are I, you for, originally from Arizona? Um, I grew up in Arizona. I moved away to Pittsburgh okay. uh, in 85. Did you go to school out here? I, mean? I did. I went to Alfreya High School, right, oh, no out, right out here, just down the road from you. Oh, you really did grow up yeah, out here. <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah. Um, your house was where I used to ride motorcycles. So. I heard that quite often. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. used to be where people did bonfires and yeah, oh yeah, we used to, <laughs> we used to. Well, I don't want to say you know we used to party out here a little bit, uh, you know. That's yeah, an imagination there. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you, I imagine you probably stuck with it through school, and then did you move up to jazz band, orchestra, and all that? Um, we were in the jazz band. I was not that great at it. Uh, we didn't have an orchestra really. It was in. I went to Litchfield Park Elementary, so we had jazz band and we had just the regular marching band and stuff and. And so, yeah, I, I loved that, you know, got into high school, started started listening to the guys like Dennis Chambers, you, you know, and, you know, Dave Weckl, Stuart Copeland, you know, I was a huge police fan, you know. Yeah, I can hear it. Yeah, yeah, so uh, one of my, uh, John Bonham, of course, you know, mm -hmm. one of my friends, um, he actually has been like my, my drum tech life coach, you know, mm -hmm. for, since high school, Kevin, he, uh, he turned me on to the police and, it, um, you know, I've just been a fan of the drumming. I'm, I, you know, I don't want to be sacrilegious and say I don't like the police, but I'm more of a fan of Stuart Copeland than the really? police. Yeah. What album did it for you? Um, what is it? Zenata, Zendata. I know you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, the, I can't say it either. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, you know, and then it, it's funny. I, I I've got to meet a couple of these people. So you know, one of one of my later influences is is a Mark Shuckerman from uh, yeah. Sticks. I mean, yeah. I just watch his, his videos. And I say stuff. he's what the kids say now. The goat. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes, he is. If you watch some of those videos and you listen closely, they're playing the stick songs, and whatever he's doing is just song. like, yeah. holy mackerel, this guy's incredible, you know. And I try to sit down and cheat and try to figure out some stuff, and it's like I give up. They're know? actually selling his shell kit now. Are they really? For real, you can actually order that masterworks. I, I started oh, wow. geeking out on you, but yeah, no, no, that's great. But yeah, the, I'm the gold chrome, gold yeah, hardware, and everything. everything, the same finish, everything. Wow, I love that kit. I try, you know, I started to. 
put gold chrome on my fill kit, but it didn't look like Chester Thompson's. But yeah, yeah, gold's a very like touch and go thing. Yeah. I think it can either look good or it can look really bad. Yeah, it depends on the finish. Yeah, so yeah. it it, it I'm always been kind of scared of the gold hardware myself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you have any in here? What, what I you? know. I no, mean, no. I, uh, <laughs> I've always been scared of it because it just you can see fingerprints on it, and yeah. et cetera, and I'm kind of weird like that. But yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, sorry to jump in front. No, of it's it. a, no, it's funny. You know, one, I was gonna say, you know, Dave Weckl, one of my other influences. I started liking him when he, he put out a solo album called Master Plan, mm. and I was never into jazz. I I never liked that electric jazz and. I was living in Asheville, North Carolina, and uh, Chick Corea came to town. Sure. And I'm like, well, Dave Weckl plays for him, you know, and then Frank Gambale, you know, the, the guitar player. And uh, I'm like, you know, I'm going to be a, like a geek, and I'm just going to call. That's before cell phones, before internet, you know. <laughs> I don't want to give away the date, but, you know, but uh, 1991. Um, um, so I, I called the hotel, and I just said, hey, can I talk to Dave Weckl's room, you know, and sure. they put me through. And, I, I mean, it's like, this is Dave, and I'm like, I'm talking to this guy on the phone, and I'm I'm geeking out, you know, with the, the cord on the phone, <laughs> getting as far as I can without choking myself. Uh -huh. You know, and I told him I'm a big fan, you know, and he's like, are you coming to the show tonight? I can leave you tickets. And I'm like, no, I can't. I just, I have a one-year-old, or he was under one. It's Adam, my oldest one. Uh -huh. And so he goes, what about sound check, you know? And I'm like, well, yeah. So he goes, he gave me the name of his, his the road manager, and I went to the back of the, the arena where they were playing and went in and had dinner with them. Um, sat there with Chick Corea, Frank and Bali, and, you know, Dave, Dave Weckl. Dave took me up for sound check. Had my son in his, you know, in my hands. We're standing back there, and he's showing me everything. It's when he he released his Dave Weckl snare back, you know, '91, yeah. and uh, I saw it before it came out in production and everything. Jeez. And and so he was holding Adam, and I, I took a picture with him. And so I happened to, you know, fast forward 21 years. Um, I'm at Nam, and I know he's going to be there. So I took the picture that I have of him holding my son Adam. Gave it to him, and I saw him, and I gave it to him and said, hey, this is his 21st birthday. So he signed it, and, you know, it was, it was pretty cool. So it's like him signing happy 21st birthday on a picture of him when he was one years old. You know, That's pretty him. cool. That just so, shows you how fucking cool he is. Yeah, he's, he, and, you know, he started looking around. He started uh, talking to his assistant. Do we have anything I can send home with him to give him as a gift? And Damn, you know, just so, a random phone call. Can yeah, lead you to, yeah. like, anything pretty yeah, much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's pretty you cool. Know, yeah, and then, you know, of course, another uh, influence, uh, is Anton Fig from the David Letterman show. Oh, yeah. You know, I had the opportunity. Uh, he's very underrated. Yeah, completely underrated. I mean, nobody knows, like, how many, or, I mean, nobody understands how many uh, albums he played on in the 70s. I mean, he's Kiss. I mean, he did yeah. a lot of, you know, dubs for, unfortunately, Peter Chris when he was having issues. I mean, uh -huh. he played on Ace Frehley's solo albums. He's, there's so many other albums he played on. But I was a big Tonight Show kid. Like, I would jump from Fallon, not Fallon, but Conan O'Brien to yeah. that, that uh, Letterman. But I was always, like, Blown away by Weinberg and Fig. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, that was, like, what I wanted to do. Yeah, those guys, they have to play, like, you know, hey, we're having this musical guest, and it could be a genre that, that they've never played. I'm sure they've played it before, but they have to learn that music and play it perfectly, you know, yeah. that night. Yeah, it's you know, all it's, live, It's pretty too. incredible, yeah. That, you know, and I told him that. That's why, you know, that's why I respected him when I met him. And he's like, yeah, I, I really appreciate that. And then he goes, that's exactly because we barely get a sound check. We barely get a rehearsal. They give us the music, you know, at a, like 2 in the afternoon, and, and they tape it like 4 or 5. So how would you get a, a chance to be in him? Uh, through Nam again, yeah. Oh, nice. Going to, yeah, yeah. I, I, I love that place. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I haven't gone in over a decade, but I like to go. Yeah, I just I try to go on like the, the Thursday when it's not so crowded, and or Wednesday, excuse me, and Thursday when it's not so crowded or and uh, – and there's not all the the people trying to get, be famous there, you know, trying yeah, to get a record yeah. deal. Wait, do, you, do you endorse me? 
Yeah, I just, I just <laughs> like looking at the gear, you know. Yeah. Unfortunately, I put the headphones on when I go into the drum area, but, you know. Yeah, I can, yeah, I remember it being a little too much. Yeah. Um, so as far as influences, uh, you said you were, you started out with big kids. I know we keep bringing this back up. Yeah, yeah. But who was like, who were you modeling it after at first? Oh, well, Peter Chris, of course. Nice. Yeah, well, before I even had a kid, I would get those big gallon ice cream jugs. <laughs> and my dad was pretty crafty. He'd put a little piece of a two by four and then uh, screw them together. And then I would lay them out on the floor. And, you know, and I, I got a pair of drumsticks, you know, it was great. Uh-huh. And so, you know, I would... I so would, your parents were supportive all the way? Oh, yeah, yeah. And they bought me my first kit. I had a Gretsch, little three-piece. You know, I wish I had that kit now. You know, I, mean, it's I know like, I say this a lot on the show, but I think that's like 80% of having supportive parents. It's very much, yeah. My, my, my mom was hugely uh, supportive of, of me playing drums. And it was funny, with that little kit, I, they, we, we grew up at, on Luke Air Force Base. We didn't have enough money to buy cymbals and things like that. So Shit. I had no cymbals. I'm hitting the rim for the cymbals. Uh-huh. And, and so, you know, once I got a ride cymbal, that was the greatest thing in, in the world. And my mom would, you know, they'd have uh, people come over and they oh, listen to Charlie play. And, and they would stick on a Beatles record or a, uh, or a uh, Beach Boys record. Mm-hmm. And I would, and they'd play, play in my room, you know. And, <laughs> you know, it's a uh, little shuffle thing. And I'm like, wow, I, I, I think I could play that still to this day, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, um as you kind of grew with your, your style, when did you kind of start to tone it down? Was it, I mean, were you working all the way up to your 20s and 30s as well? Yeah, um, I, I, I played, you know, I, I moved to Pittsburgh and got into the music scene there, which is a really great music scene. I played with, uh, you know, these two brothers. That, you know, it, it's a funny story. When we moved to Pittsburgh, me and my dad went first, and we're driving around looking for houses and everything, and we're driving, and I see this guy carrying a guitar case, and I'm like, man, I just left a bunch of musician friends. I need to get into the musician community here, mm-hmm. and so I saw him. I said, Dad, you know, there's a house right here. Look at it. Look at it, and so we eventually rented it temporarily, and I walked down and knocked on this guy's door and said, hey, I'm a drummer, you know, and uh-huh. he's like, we need a drummer, and it was him and his brother, you know, and, and I played with those guys for probably, you know, four or five years, and a band called Merchant all over Pittsburgh, and really, yeah, it was, it was a great time. We played just classic rock, you know, and nice. But yeah, and you know, and that's when we had the big hair. We played, you know, Poison, and you know. So all that was pretty much an education for you. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, and then you know, I, I cut my hair, had a had a son, and stopped for just a little bit, you know, and then grew my hair back and started <laughs> back up again, you know. The cycle of life. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's, 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 you know, it's how I judge what year I was in. What what hairstyle did I have in? You know? Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. nothing wrong with that. Yeah, right, so yeah I'm starting to kind of get on my second win, but uh. But, you know, growing up, what would be your, as far as practice advice or, like, what what, what have you done differently coming up playing drums? What would I do if I wasn't playing drums? No, coming oh. up, like, it, like oh. if you could go back and, you know, tell yourself, like, hey, don't do this, do that. You know? I would practice a hell of a lot more than I ever did. Oh. I took it for granted back in my 20s. I, oh, I can play that fill. I can play that fill. You know, I can uh-huh. do that. It, I don't have to work on rudiments. I don't have to do any of that. Uh-huh. You know, that's one thing that Mr. Spangler taught me right from the very beginning told me to buy this, um, it was a Rubank's method book or whatever, yeah. uh, elementary method, you know, there's an inter- intermediate one. Then he had me buy this uh, uh, rudiment poster, and, and he had me stick that on my wall, and he said, play to this every day, work on these. And I did, I learned my rudiments, but then I just kind of kind of fell off, you know, when I started getting in bands, I'm like, rudiments don't matter. Yeah. And then, then I realized everything that anybody plays can be traced back to one of those 26 rudiments. Yeah. You know, so I would I would definitely say learn the rudiments and practice them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I have to say to myself, protect your hearing. Oh, okay. <laughs> what, what was that? Protect my hearing. What? Uh, protect no. my <laughs> hearing. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. Yes, most definitely. Yeah, I think I just did some dumb stuff. And oh, yeah. I guess if I could tap myself on the shoulder 20 years ago, I'd be like, hey, Earplugs. Yeah. You know, we were all dumb and stupid back then. It's like, yeah, I love it. Yeah, stand right next to a speaker. And yeah. Yeah, now I, I hear this constant ringing. And, yeah. I haven't got that yet, but yeah. I think it's just more, I have to, I have to wear hearing aids at this point. Uh-huh. And uh, it's not, I don't think that's a bad thing, but like, it's just, I, I think I relied on body language, like, you know, too much. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I can definitely feel that. Yeah. I, I've lost a, a, about 60% of my left ear here. So oh, sorry, man. Um, haven't got to hearing aids yet, but I, I think it's coming for the left side, but the right side, I, I, I'm not sure what he said last time I was at the audiologist, but yeah, <laughs> I, I, I didn't hear him. So yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, did you keep any of your kits over the years, or did you kind of like just, you know, I, I'm sell buy, sell buy? I was gonna say I'm a drum hoarder, but I can't really say that as after looking around this room. Oh, thanks. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I, I have kept things. You know, I, 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 I wish I would have had the Gretsch kit that that we had. You know, when I first started, um, and then I had a really cool. It was the the total joke of a kit. Tama, the Eddie Van Halen striped kit. Oh, nice. Yeah, I had that. I got rid of that. I traded for some lights or something. But <laughs> pretty much after that, I've kept, you know, I think I've got about nine kits. I've, I've really? kept them all. Yeah. So That's cool. I don't, I, I don't run into a lot of people that do that. Yeah, and, I, you know, one of the reasons is I don't want to give it away because I played this show with it, right? Yeah. I played this with I, it. Yeah, yeah, I can look in this room and see what, I, I just have flashbacks of what age I was. Yeah. Oh, exactly. <laughs> I know exactly by the, the, the kit. You know, unfortunately, I've refinished a couple. So, yeah. so now I'm like, okay, that's. That's this era, but it's also this era. Yeah, when know, I was so. setting up this room, I was catching myself doing it in chronological. I'm like, okay, stop. Yeah, that. You, <laughs> yeah, you can get pretty wrapped up. <laughs> yeah. Little so, little. Sorry, I don't mean to harp on that, but like, yeah. it, I, it is, it is a sentimental piece of time. It is, and literally that keeps time. Yeah. Like, yeah, non-drummers <laughs> won't understand that. You know, I, I think guitar players can can empathize with us, you know. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a little yeah. easier obtainable, yeah. like, as far as storage and... Yep, and I know a couple keyboard players that have, like, a million and a half keyboards, so, you know, why can't drummers, you know? Yeah, so what, what's in your collection? Um, let's see, I have the, the Pearl kit that I, um, that used to be a big, huge double bass, um, Pearl, uh, it's a Master Series eight-piece. I recovered it to look more like Chester Thompson, and oh, nice. if you play locally, that's the kit I use, and what I do is I... I can convert that in a heartbeat. So I bought mesh heads. Oh, nice. And I bought the RT series triggers from Roland. I think uh, that's what I saw pictures of. It. Okay, yeah, it's yeah. It's got like a natural grain finish. Yes, yes, yeah. exactly, yeah. And so I can play, you know, acoustic kit or I can do, a, you know, uh, electric if we, a hybrid if we need to go lower. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got, let's see, uh, I've got my bun kit, which is a, a Ludwig Centennial nice. kit. It has to be a Ludwig. Yeah, 26-inch 20, <laughs> kick. Um, and uh, side note, did he play left-handed for fun once in a while? Yes, he did, and that's that's fun. If you notice, like he'll start riding, you know, in doing the left hand, you know, with the cymbals and stuff, mm-hmm. and the hi hat. So in the show, I taught myself how to be am- am- ambidextrous, and so on. You'll see, right? And hello, you know, hello there. Right at the very beginning, he's, he's crashing on the, you know, with his left hand on the ride and using the snare on the. Yeah, know. I just I heard rumors he did it because he was bored. I'm sure he was, because that's kind of his whole look, too. You know? Yeah, yeah, I guess that yeah. kind of fits into the, the role. But, yeah. yeah, sorry to jump in. Oh, around. no, that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, and, you know, and I use Evan's heads on everything. Um, I like the, the EMAD clears for the kick. Um, I like the hydraulic glass for the toms pretty much on everything. Well, I use a, a clear, the, the clear G2-coated heads on the Ludwig kit just for the looks. Nice. Um, and then um, I use the, the power center or whatever that. I'm horrible at gigs. The uh, power dot. I know you're talking center, about. Yeah, yeah, coded for all my snares. Yeah, you have to. Yeah, I just I just like that sound and 
Um, and then for the 80s and 90s bands, I use the TD-50 V kit. Um, and I'm kind of a hoarder there because I used to have a TD-10. I have a TD-20 and a 30 still. Um, I finally gave up one. It hurt. I sold uh, TD-10 to, to Rob James from Free Will. So, oh, okay. Yeah. So, but, um, and then, you know, if I'm sitting in with another band, I have a, a black EW, uh, black on black, black hardware. It's just very ominous, you know. Really? That was like, you know, uh, late 90s, you know. So I had that's those, your studio kit. Yeah, yeah. And it's got a 22 by 22 inch kick, and it's just like cannon. Nice. You know, and, and just, you know, one up, two down. You know, like I said, I, I, I've slowly gone down from the, the bigger kits. And now I'm going back up. Now, as far as like projection and like you know the, the cloud bars or however you want to name it, you find yourself holding back. Do you still feel like you still let loose? I try to hold back because I'm a heavy drummer. I've I've heard it from several people. I don't think so. I mean, I hit hard, and mm -hmm. and you know I've had people. You know, I've gone to audition or sat in with somebody. It's like, man, can you can you tone it down? And yeah, you know, and and I have a, a pork pie. I've noticed you don't have that one. Oh, which uh, one? I have the pork pie little squeeze squealer. Oh, I got two up there. With the vent holes, all the little holes? Uh, no, I'm sorry. I have a 12-inch. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> you got me. Ah, I got something Dude. you don't have. Uh, yeah. yeah, I just have the 12 that I used when I was 19 and 20 years old. Gotcha. Yeah, I have the, the, the little, um, it's a 14-inch, it's a but it's a little squealer and has the vent holes all yeah, the way Yeah, I know exactly it. what you're talking about. That thing just It's really kills. too loud, yeah. Yeah, exactly. But that's my, I've got it sounding so good, I bring it to everything, you know, and, and yeah, I get yelled at by sound engineers a lot. Yeah, so you feel like that's a letdown, or you just have, you kind of grown with it? You know what? I I, I kind of like grow. That's something I personally struggled with. Yeah, I've I grow I've grown with it now, and now it's like you know what? That's not my job to play soft. You uh, let the sound engineer you know tone me down. If I have to play in front of a screen, so be it. You know, I'll play. I don't like it, yeah. but I'll I'll do it. You know, but I I just want to be me. I, I, you know, I just want to yeah, play. I, yeah, I feel like drum shields are like making a, a guy wear a bicycle. And, I mean, a helmet where he wears, plays, rides a bicycle. <laughs> That's the best way because you're just like, man, I hate that thing. Yeah, right? exactly. <laughs> you know, and it's funny. You know, the Phil show, we, we had a, a couple shows. Well, we had like five in a row all around Arizona. And we went down to a place in Tucson. And he goes, do you mind playing in front of a drum screen? And I was like, do you mind cleaning it first? Yeah. You know, I was like, you yeah. know, I, I don't want to play in a drum seat, a screen if it's fingerprints and, yeah, you know, yeah. and everything. and. I don't mind it. Well, I've got in ears, so it's not yeah. like I'm I'm not hearing something. Yeah, you know, it's just you lose that connection though with the other guys in the band. Especially when you see your reflection in it. Yeah, <laughs> that's so funny you said that because I played to myself the yeah. whole night and I was watching myself and that's one of my my practice routines is yeah. watch myself playing. Yeah, and so I got to play a show watching myself. Yeah, and I caught myself kind of zoning out a little, like wow. Do I really look like that when yeah. I'm not straight? You know, and yeah, that's what yeah. I, that's what I do here. Yeah, <laughs> it scared me at first too. I was like, "Whoa, who's that? Who's this guy?" I'm not adjusting at me? my posture. Like, yeah, that's damn, do I really slouch like that, man? And, like, yeah, as, <laughs> as I sit up in the chair right now. Yeah, I, yeah. I, yeah, like I said, it's like a kind of like a I don't know. It's not a fun thing to sit behind. Yeah, no, I, 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 I don't mind it. You know, I've had to play in a few times. But yeah, you know, if they're gonna tell me that I need to play behind a a, um, a screen, I'll just set up the the hybrid kit. Nice. You know, it's like, here, you have control. Just give me my feedback in, in the ears. Yeah. And then I can play as loud as See, I want. Seeing the pictures, I didn't know it was a hybrid kit. Yeah, that's the the pictures that I have up there probably right now is the hybrid kit. with the, I have the RT30 triggers all over everything. Yeah. And then just running through a TD50. Yeah, so to an average show, they wouldn't Yeah, know. exactly. And, you know, sometimes I'll use the, the electronic symbols, which aren't the greatest, but... Uh, I think Roland's getting it. They, they are, yeah. With the digital ride and the digital... I think that... Because I, I just got a TD-27 myself, and it, but it's still not, like, because when I start to articulate the fast stuff, I still feel like it jumps over. It, it, it certainly does. But the, the like you just said, the digital ride, 
and the digital snare mm -hmm. are incredible. Yeah. I mean, the snare, it's just as heavy as a real. Yeah, it feels it's real. Yeah. And, well, yeah, you know, it's, it's a, but, and, you know, the dynamics are great. You know, the, it's a rim shot, however you want. Yeah. And then the symbols are the same, you know, or the, excuse me, the ride symbol. It's, yeah. you know, the bell, you know, you got three different zones and, yeah. you know, and, and I, I love it. You know, it's, I think they're getting there. They're getting close. I wish they would have crash, you know, a couple crashes that were digital. Yeah. And then I, I haven't bit the bullet yet and uh, gotten the hi-hats. But um, oh, the, the, I I don't have the high. I just have the stock one. Yeah, I, I I've got. I think I'm not even sure if VH. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, but these are 14s, and uh, but um, they were on back order for so long, and I I was gonna order them when they were like 7.99, and then they get them out now, and they're now they're 9.99. I'm like, yeah, oh yeah, I can't afford that for high hats. Yeah, it's know? a little rough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you get a whole set of K's for that almost. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, speaking of K's, what is when you're playing an acoustic kit? What what is your go-to? Um, uh, I, well, I like the the new kit now that I you know like they go back and forth between the. No, when you're oh. when you're playing an acoustic kit, what's your symbols of choice? Oh, oh excuse me. Oh, oh I, I'm a Zildjian guy. Nice. Um, I have a full set of Sabians. I used to come up. Uh, I came up playing Sabians. Um, I named my big dog Sabian. Oh shit. And uh, yeah, but then I, I started switching over as my Sabians started breaking. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I've I've pretty much amassed a, a nice collection of of A customs. You know, that's usually what I play. I bought a, a really cool uh, uh, A custom 21 inch ride from Dwayne Miller. Oh nice. And, um, Is that the anniversary one? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. But it, it just sounds so sweet. I don't know why he sold it. He sold it to me cheap too. Uh, bad Dwayne. So, um, <laughs> He's an awesome drummer. Brother. Yeah, he is. Oh, yeah. yeah. Good friend, too. I mean, yeah. he... he um, He's been on the show. Oh, has he? Yeah. Oh, man, I didn't see that episode. He was actually one of the first episodes. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Yeah, he is such a nice guy, and not to get off subject, but uh, here's my Dwayne story. <laughs> um, I saw him play with Keel at the Texas Jam. It was probably 1986. I didn't know him. Didn't know. I'm out in the audience, and I have pictures. So when I finally realized Dwayne Miller is the same guy from Keel... You know, I, I started talking to him, and he was playing with Dr. Ruth, and, and I said, I've got pictures of you playing with Keel, you know, and he's like, oh, great. So every so often you'll see him post those. Those are my pictures from the Texas no Jam. Yeah. Uh, it comes full circle. Yeah, and, 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 <laughs> and so he, he's such a nice guy. When I bought my Ludwig for uh, for um, the, the bun kit, uh -huh. I'm, I'm horrible at tuning drums. and all. Uh, I, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm barely getting yeah, it. Yeah, I have point. a little cheating secret. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, he came over to my house and helped me tune my drums up. You know, I never tuned a 26-inch. Yeah. You know, he got that th thing sounding killer. And then, you know, we're hanging around talking. We're playing. And then he goes, okay, I got to go because I have a gig. I'm like, seriously, he came over to my house to tune my drums and then go out to a gig. You know, it's like <laughs> just, just a nice guy. Yeah, know? he's uh, easy yeah. to talk to. Just his full of stories. And yeah, yeah. Good friend to have. I keep telling him I want him to write a book and I'll be his ghostwriter. You Shit, know? yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But, but uh, yeah, so, so is it, you're you're playing mainly A customs now. Um, yeah, did you ever kind of like get into the thinner, the heavier stuff like the K's? Um, yeah, I, I've I've played those. Um, I started figuring out what what worked best for you know my playing style, and those kind of like uh, dissipate a little quicker than the you know the, the the big heavier ones. I think K's are I mean A's are the workhorses. I think yeah. that's like you can go anywhere with the A A yes. custom. I mean, and it's gonna work. Yeah, I, I think agree. K's are like awesome symbols, but they're hit or misses. Right. If you show up at the dry ride, it's going to sound like shit oh, at a yeah. rock concert. You know exactly. what I mean? Exactly, yeah. yeah. But, you know, if you're in your room playing a dry ride, it's awesome. Oh, yeah, it sounds great by yourself, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, most definitely. But, yeah, I've messed with Feisties, and I've... Um, they break. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I love, I, I love, I like 2002s, but I've gone through so many, like, icy crashes for some reason. Yeah, and you know what's funny? You said uh, anything you wish you still had. I wish I still had 
my 22 inch Peisty color ride. I had a oh, red, really? red one, and you know, after Tommy Lee or something, you know. Yeah. And it was such a great symbol. I don't know if it sounded great, but it just looked awesome. Well, the thing about Peisty Pasty, yeah. sorry, I'll get. Yeah. Cracked. Either way, yeah. Uh, they cut. Yeah. They cut through like heavy distortion. They're really good recording symbols. The durability is where I think they. Yeah. Is, you know what I mean? Yeah, and there's another. There's a new brand that I'm really interested in trying out. I mean, as I get older, I mean, I, I know what sounds I want, but I also want to look cool, you know. Yeah. And so there's, I think they're called Saludo. Oh, Saludo, yeah. Saludo symbols. I've seen them around here and there. Yeah, I've never heard them live other than on the internet, mm -hmm. you know. And I, I, I'd like to look and find somebody that has them so I could hear them play live. But yeah, I haven't seen one in the flesh yet, but. I'm a YouTube guy, so I've been seeing them kind of pop up. Yeah, and they, they look amazing, you know, and, and the sound bites you hear are not bad, you know, but it's it's the internet, you know. So as, as far as we're talking about gear, what's on your wish list? I know you mentioned some of the rolling stuff, but what's like the kit that you're after? Oh, well, you know, with my top secret super project, um, <laughs> I'm on the hunt right now for a Slingerland, and I hope that does not give it away. So, uh, yeah. Uh, are we talking like Octoplus, or are we talking like open bottoms, or? Um, uh, no, it, it's has everything I'm, I'm not even sure which brand i mean which oh. uh, what type or whatever but it's this the, the 70s style that right before they got bought you know oh the, nice yeah the, the golden air yeah 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 so that and then what any snares you're kind of after um you know what i, I love those pork pies and i'm yeah. you know i'm starting to collect those and i just bought um one that you do have over there the pdp with the with the wood hoops. I'm, I'm actually like i was mentioning i'm actually scared to play that yeah i'm, I'm <laughs> <laughs> I'm afraid to, to do a rim shot. I hit rim shots all the time. So yeah. I, I played with a Yamaha uh, wood hoop one uh, snare many years ago, and I didn't break the hoop, so it was good. But the, the guy that sold it to me, he, he you know he uh, he told me that he breaks hoops a lot with that. Uh -huh. So, but I'd like to like to, to branch out into you know the there's a DW snare that I got to play on the road one time. I don't know what it is. I have to go back and look at the pictures, but it was it was heavy as heck, you know, and it was just it, it, it's a concrete. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's, yeah, and then um, and then there's a there's another snare I saw. I oh, my son sent it to me. Um, it's like a sixteen or something plied, you know, snare. It's just huge. Yeah. I can't remember what artist used it, but it's a you know one of his signature drums or nice. Yeah, but yeah, there's there's so much stuff, and I, I I'm always wanted a, a Ludwig acrylic. Yeah, you know, yeah. and I. I like okay, I might not be able to afford a Ludwig acrylic, so maybe go to the DW or yeah. I, I think the best thing for Ludwig acrylics is finding one secondhand. Yeah, because new. I mean, you're talking. Oh yeah, there's no way. Yeah, that's uh, too much. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just like the look of those two. Again, back to the look. You know. Yeah. We're they're loud. I mean, they're a little, little bit harder to control, but yeah. yeah if you put uh, you use hydraulics yourself, right? Yes. Yep. Yeah, hydraulics are actually black dots of hydraulics actually work really well on those. Yeah, there's a there's a drummer uh, out there. He's got a, uh, I, I believe the Ludwig. There's a red. He's got a red kit. Jimmy Fernandez. He's he's got a red kit. He, he it's just, I want that kit. It's such a nice kit. Yeah. 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 So I, I you kind of mentioned. I kind of want to talk about your your how much you were playing, but kind of pre COVID. I know you saying things are warming up again. Yeah. But I want to talk about like your prep and how what you did to kind of keep yourself in the mind mindset of it and kind of active there. You know, I, I, I will be honest. I, I got a little depressed when COVID hit and everybody got, yeah, yeah, everybody had to go home and, you know, stay in their rooms and, you yeah. know, and, uh, and you're losing a lot of serotonin there. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, not, yeah. it's not funny, but like, no, it's, it, it's true. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, I, I, I kind of got a little depressed and, and, you know, and I, I, the gigs just stopped, you know, we, we had a couple shows. I think my last gig, before COVID was in February, and I played with the, the Doobie Brothers uh, band uh, with Rocksteady Productions. Oh, shit. Up in, uh, not the real Doobie Brothers. Oh. Yeah. Um, Sorry. Yeah, no, no. Uh, up in, in, in Washington. But that was the last one. And, 
then everything stopped. And um, luckily, um, uh, Joe from Rock City Productions opened up a little club called Tributes. And for about a year, you know, they had bands in there. And even during COVID, I mean, he did a lot of great precautions to keep everything clean. So uh, we, we got to play a little bit in there. And, you know, we put together a couple different bands just to play. It was Tributes here in Phoenix? Uh, yeah, it was over about 59th and Union Hills. Are they yeah. still open? Uh, no, they closed down. Uh, yeah. Oh, man, I didn't even hear about that. Yeah, they, they, you know, would have great bands. I mean, we all played there. All our bands played there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, then, um, and then they would bring other Tributes in, and they were – Getting stuff in from California, and and you know it was it was, it was a nice little place to play. And that sounds cool. very intimate, and you know great sound system, small stage, but you know it, yeah. it kind of reminded me of coming back up playing like the small yeah. stages and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know a lot of people yearn for that stuff. Yeah, and you know yeah <laughs> exactly yeah um, yeah and but yeah once we started playing there, then shows have slowly started going up. You know we've had a show that's okay we're gonna play, and then it got pulled back, and then we got you know so. We did two makeup shows with the uh, the Phil Collins band uh, in October. We did North Carolina and then two shows up in uh, Buffalo, New York, mm-hmm. and um, those were just great, you know, great reception. People were just yearning for live music again. Yeah. So I guess what I'm asking another question is, do you have like your setups put aside? Like, do you have like A, B, C rig when you're doing different? Oh like, yeah. Yeah, because I I can see how that can get really mixed up really fast. It, it's very. I have everything in cases, and I bought these little uh, tags, and they're color coded. <laughs> that, that's perfect. So they're they're set up <laughs> like this, but they're in cases, and it says bun kit. That's cool. Bill kit, DW kit. You know, so I, I know just to go pull that that all those colors, pull them out, and that's, that's, that's the kit. exactly what I would do. I was sitting there thinking, I was like, how does he keep everything from? Yeah, and then uh, and then the hardware too. I have you know hardware for each kit. Yeah. So I know, okay, everything with a red, you know. Yeah, you marker. probably don't need, like, heavy-duty hardware for a bunk kit. You no, know? no, yeah. and, yeah, two cymbal stands, you know, a ride, a hi-hat stand. And, you know, I cheat. I play with a double bass pedal with the with the. Not bunk, really cheating. Yeah. If you're playing with those duelist pedals, I'd be like, eh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I honestly tried to give Ludwig Speed King a try, you know, and I just, I don't see what the. Yeah, um, I, 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 think I played, like, a new one the other day, and it, it felt cool, but, like, yeah. I was like, this won't work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yep. I yeah. love Ludwig. I mean, I, I fully endorse their product, but like, I, I just think that was a thing of his time, you know. Yeah. Besides the Slingerland that I'm looking for, I, I think my next kits are going to be Ludwig kits. Yeah. I just, I fall in love with them through the, you know, the, the, the bun kit, and then I've played on several different people's, you know, kits, and it's just like, man, I, I, I like the Ludwig sound, and I feel classic too, and you know. Yeah. And, yeah. Um. So between gigs, do you feel like you have to practice like sets, or just like do you have to revisit? Like, say you do two fill and call in gigs and you go back to a surrender, do you have to sit there and run through the set or do you think that's just all automatic? Um, a lot of it's gotten ingrained muscle memory. Um, I, I, I don't want to say I don't practice, but I usually go and I'll pick up the set list of, you know, about two weeks before a show if we haven't played it in a while. Mm-hmm. And we'll usually get the whole band together to rehearse, but I'll do the practicing at home and go through the set, you know, once or twice and be ready to go. Just just kind of jog my memory. Once it kicks in, I'm like, oh, there we go. You know, and but it, it is tough when you got two back-to-backs, we've got that coming up, you know, where there's going to be a Phil Collins show one night and surrender the next day. Mm-hmm. It's going to be one of those, i got to change mentalities. Yeah, that's, a, that's a, yeah, going forward to the yeah. reverse pretty fast. I love playing in the Phil band because I can express myself, I can smile, yeah. and then i got to suppress myself back. To blend, yeah, it's a little bit method acting there a yeah, little bit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and try, try playing with a cigarette in your mouth. I, yeah, you know, I'm not going to give away my secret, but uh, uh, with my mouth closed. So I have to breathe out of my nose the whole time I'm playing. Really? So it's very tough to keep, you know, the oh, great, your, your, your find posture. Find yourself nauseous. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've almost passed out a couple times. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Damn. if you see me up there sleeping, it's because I'm trying to catch my breath, you know. Jesus. 
So I know we can't mention your secret project. I know you yes. will mention it soon, but what's coming gig-wise for you? Oh, gig-wise. Oh, I happen to have that written down here. Uh, <laughs> I have, uh, uh, let's see, I'm, like I said, I'm fortunate enough to have gigs coming back. So, you know, we played in October, um, played earlier this year, um, um, playing in Seattle with the, uh, the Phil Collins band oh, um, on August 4th. And then I come back August 18th. I'm with Surrender at CB Live here. Oh, nice. Um, I want to go to that. Yeah, then I'm, um, that's the 18th. <laughs> CB Live. Tickets uh, are July, right? Yeah, uh, okay. No, August. Okay. August, yeah. This is August 4th and August 18th. And then um, in September, um, this is kind of something really cool, and it's kind of an ego boost to me. But uh, I'm flying out to Florida to fill in for another bun, fill in as Bunny for oh, another no tribute band. Oh, that's and, yeah, so to play at the Hard Rock's pretty cool. That's really cool, actually. So yeah, so then uh, October first, we're doing a benefit show, and they're gonna kill me for not having this information because it's, I believe it's for homeless vets, and uh, it's the celebrity benefit show. All, but it's at CB Live. They open up everything. Tickets are like fifty dollars, mm -hmm. but they've got so much uh, musical equipment auctioned off by people signed it, and you know it's it's pretty incredible. Um, Kathy Rankin, she's local here. Mm -hmm. um, she's one of the AMC's. You know, um, familiar. yeah, she's she's all over. She sings with everybody, so mm -hmm. she's a really nice person. She's doing the M MCing, and um, then we're we're closing out the show. And I guess there's supposed to be a lot of different celebrities there and everything. So that's October first with Surrender, and then we flip it around. October second, the Phil Collins Band is playing out at Verde River. It's like as far northeast as you can get in the valley. Yeah, really. You know, like jump the mountain over Fountain Hills. Included. Yeah, so it's an outdoor show, and I think it's open to the public. So really, yeah. That's pretty cool. But yeah, it's a it's a Shea community, um, you know, so it's a really great place to play. Yeah. But it, it goes to show you how important, how much value people put in live music. Oh yeah. Because everyone was like itching for it. So I mean, some people say it's a dying. It's definitely not a dying thing. No, definitely not. And you can see how appreciative, appreciative yeah. people are to when you come out there. Just you know, we're we're nobody musicians. We're just we're making music because we have this passion for it. Mm -hmm. And we're getting to transfer that passion to these people out in the audience, and they're giving it back because they're so excited to see live music. After shows, you get hugs and, yeah. and people just say, you know, high fiving you and thanking you. I definitely think there. I, I'm not trying to sound like, you know, like I'm not. I'm not a doctor, but I do believe there is some weird endorphin that releases. I totally get it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like I think I, when if I don't see a concert for like a month or so, I start to kind of get. I don't know. I yeah, it. yeah, you get claustrophobic. You know, yeah, I think shut in it's a release of some. Like once again, I'm not a hippie or anything, but like. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, there's, there's some kind of healing power. With yeah, music. I don't. I don't know yeah. how to like. No, I name I, it, brand it, or anything like that. But like, I do think it's healthy to I, get that anxiety. Like, I still get that anxiety going to like a big concert. I don't know if that's normal, but I think that's important to feel that. I do. I get it watching. Yeah. And I get it playing as well. I, you know, I, I don't get nervous so much anymore. But it's more like a. Like a, I don't like a chess thing. Yeah, it's it's just like man, I just can't wait to see what they're gonna do, or I can't wait to see how my playing is, or yeah. you know, am I gonna be on or off tonight? You know, yeah. And, you know, am I gonna lock in with that bass player? You I know? think it, I think it's healthy to feel that is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Because if you just do the nine to five, you don't ever really put yourself in an uncomfortable situation. Not you per se, but like yeah. I'm just saying, just the average Joe, you know, like you kind of become numb. Yeah, and it, it, it doesn't it doesn't show your passion. Yeah. I mean, you really have to like playing drums. I mean, there's people that, you know, they buy their drum kit, kids a drum kit for Christmas, and you can go out on eBay in March and, you know, pick up a really nice new yeah. kit because they don't want to play anymore, you know. But, uh, but yeah, you have to really have a passion for it. And, yeah. you know, it's funny. You can tell that passion. And I, I didn't even have this pre-written down. Yeah. But um, 
I, my next door neighbor, uh, he's two years old. Really? I started playing drums with him. I, I mean, I put sticks in him, his hands the first time I ever met him, you know, as a, as a, you know, a newborn. Mm -hmm. And as we're playing now, he comes in, he runs over to my house, he knocks on the door, he runs in, I got him a little pair of sticks, he goes right to his sticks in the jamming room there, runs over to the kit and waits for me to get him, pick him up, put him on my knee, and we play. Really? And it, it's funny, because we go, one, two, three, four, and then we play, you know? Jesus. And then we, you know, we, I, I kind of move his hands, but then I start saying, where's your snare? Puts the snare. Where's your symbol? He hits the symbol. Where's your hi hat? So I'm slowly working him in. That's he's really going cool. to be a YouTube sensation because he's got a passion for drums. He's got every little drum toy, and he goes to uh, you know like uh, uh, these play places that have drums. He runs right to it. Probably the only toddler who yeah. knows properly how to hold drumsticks. And yeah, but he's got a passion. I, I can tell this kid's going to grow up to be. You uh, give lessons yourself? I used to. I don't have a lot of time for it anymore. Yeah, I mean, I I love doing that, and you know, and I. I just love seeing somebody, you know, play. You know, my my other next door neighbor, um, he's eighth grade. He came over and he said, you know, I'm in percussion. You know, I want to play. We got him playing to an ACDC song the very first, you know, time he, he sat down on the kit with him. So, mm -hmm. you know, and that's just it's just heartwarming to see. You know, you mentioned YouTube. Uh, is there any drummers that you're kind of watching coming up? Uh, like, who do you kind of veg out on? Yeah. So you know what? There's a drummer, and it's funny you said that too because. We opened up for a, a Kiss tribute band called Mr. Speed. They're from the East Coast. Oh. They're the closest thing to Kiss that you'll ever see. Get with showing everything? Yeah, I mean, they, they've got the whole ramps and lights Jesus. and the statues with the, the you know, the, the, the demon and the, you know, the, the cat and everything. I mean, it's, they're, they're, they are Kiss. So um, their drummer, Quentin, oh, I'm going to space his name, Quentin Kafal, Kafal. Um, he's he's gonna be somebody. This kid, he looks like Tommy Lee. He's he can play anything. He he's flashy. He can do all the stick twirls. He's technically just incredible. I mean, he plays with Mr. Speed, but he's got his own thing going on. But if you if you look him up, he just released another um, uh, like a solo. It's like almost like a piece of art. You know, it's like called Chopper. If you if you get a chance to look that up. But yeah, he's he's really really good. Um, yeah, I, I watched that. And like we talked about before, we talked about Mark from Sticks. I mean, I, I constantly watch his videos. Yeah, I, just, I, I get stuck in those, too. Yeah. And it is a little disheartening. It's very disheartening. <laughs> I'm like, how the heck did he do that? I, not just in the chop-wise, it's just how clean it is. Oh, and it's so effort, you know, yeah. effortlessly. He, he, he's looking around, having fun with his bandmates, you know. That was the main influence for this room. Was oh, was it? In his room. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's when, like, I guess, the light bulb, whatever, went off. I'm like, that's what you got to do. Yeah. I mean, like, and he obviously he has... High dollar, high dollar, high dollar stuff. Right. But but like I'd like to have that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, you're you're well on your way. <laughs> Thank so. you. Yeah. I did, yeah. But I think he's been a really big inspiration. I mean, I just feel like he's, I don't know, the epitome of clean rock drumming. Yeah. Oh yeah. And that, he's a nice guy. I guess he does clinics everywhere. He did a clinic here. Yeah, I missed in that Phoenix. one. Phoenix. I missed it too. I wanted to go. I I think we had a show, someplace. But yeah, I, I really wanted to go. If he comes back, I'm definitely going. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, probably Phoenix. Uh, speaking of Phoenix area drummers, I think Dave kind of put that on too. Um, who was that? Mar I think Phoenix area drummers. Actually oh yes, I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, when you said Phoenix area, I was like, oh yeah, Matt Matt Indies yeah. from Phoenix area drums. He's done an incredible job of putting everything together. And we have one place. You know, they do um, uh, swap meets and stuff, and you yeah. meet all the other drummers. And I've had him on the show as well. Oh, yeah? yeah? Yeah, he's a great guy. Yeah, he's super cool. He was, like, very easy to talk to. Once again, it's a super cool dude. And I actually advertise Phoenix Area Drummers. I put the big logo on the side of my Razor. I so saw that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, we, so when we go out, <laughs> I'm always repping, you know. I've been told that this city has a bigger drummer group than most other cities. I, I would 
say so. I, I mean, I, I hate to say we rival L.A. or anything like that. Cause I feel like L.A. is just a snooty, competitive. Exactly. I, I think we're more more humble here. Everybody realistic. is like, you know, we're, we're not all like, I'm better than him. Oh, I, he, he messed up or anything like that here. It's like, wow, okay, I can learn from every single person I go out and see. You know, it's, it's I'm that, not there. To I, I have to say, growing up in California, drumming was very competitive compared yes. to like moving to Arizona. Everything was more laid back here when it came to that. Yeah, yeah, and and it was kind of competitive in, in Pittsburgh too. It was, you know, you had the, the the core couple drummers that were just blowing everybody away, and everybody was envious and and hated them at the same time. You know, but I also think social media and YouTube kind of humbled everybody. Because you realize you're not really shit. Most definitely. <laughs> you know what? Like. And, you know, I'm too old to, to go out and say, you know, I'm better than anybody. I know there's always going to be somebody better than me, you know, that can do it better than me. But, you know, I'm having fun, so I don't care. You now, know? do you think that's a positive impact on culture to better musicians? Or do you think it kind of flattened the surface? Well, I, I mean, healthy competition is always good. You know, mm -hmm. you, you always want to, you know, inside you're going, oh, I, I can do that. I can go home and do that. You know, and then, you know, but... The, the thing here in Phoenix is if, if you get home and you can't, just message the guy and say, hey, how yeah. did you do that? The trip. And everybody's cool with that. I've done it with several drummers here. Yeah, you know? it's, it's pretty crazy how responsive people Yeah, and it's, it's really cool. You know, we somebody saw me you know, with the hybrid kit. Hey, what triggers are you playing, you know? I've gone to his house and helped him set up his hybrid kit. You know, yeah. it's like, you know, we're, we're a good community. And when you say community, Phoenix really is a good drum community, musician yeah. community. Yeah, I've never really met any dick drummers. No, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, everyone's been pretty cool. Yeah, man. yeah. Uh, I mean, I, that's a good thing to say. I think yeah, I'm it sure is. Yeah, and you know, and everybody I know, I you know, you, you had told me you know think of somebody to be up and coming and local drummers. And I'm like, God, I feel like I'm at the Academy Awards. You know, listing all these drummers that, <laughs> no that didn't want to miss any of them. And you know, but there's yeah, too many. That's there. There, there are too many drummers. I mean, there's, yeah. there's so many, and they're all good. Yeah. You know, I think everybody pushes each other, and you know, and yeah. I, I like to see where it goes. Record. I think you know the home studio thing's kind of blown up, and it's a lot easier for people to kind of brand themselves. Yes. You know, what I mean, I think that's a really cool thing too, because because we we all kind of like to steal from each other. Yep. <laughs> I know yep. that's a cliche thing to say, but that, that, it is. You know, it's like I had it in my notes here. It's like you know, oh, I can steal that from this guy. Yeah, but I in think, a positive way. Yeah, I think we're just morphing off each other. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, <laughs> sounds uh, weird to say that, but I, I cheated. I went and saw Dwayne play, you know, with the Doobie Brothers show one time, and I stuck a GoPro up behind him, uh, and then I went back and I said, "Now I know your secret to those triplets, you know, that you're yeah. doing." And so he's like, "Oh, I would have showed you." And I'm like, <laughs> you know, so yeah. Well, uh, Charlie, I think it's been a. Blast. Hey, man, I'm having a great time. So yeah, I, I think I appreciate we could it, went yeah. on for six hours about yeah, we, Collins, we, we, we probably could have, yeah. So I'm definitely going to come check out you guys in August. Um, like I said, what's the best place to reach out to you as far as, like, filling in for gigs, tech questions? Like, what's the best way to reach yeah, you? Yeah, just Facebook Messenger, I would say, you know, and you know, or I, I think most people in the Valley have my phone number at some yeah, point. Yeah, no, that's not a bad thing. But, yeah, yeah, so, yeah, just, uh, you know, if you need a drummer, or, you know, I, I don't do a lot of it, but I always love playing, you know, and yeah. stuff, so, yeah. Well, you're a rad dude, and well, thank it's, you. it's just fun to have you over and talk. And So, once again, I hope you guys enjoyed this show. Um, I'll have it out on Spotify, Apple, and all platforms. Thanks a lot, guys, for tuning in.